Scott Colts. Unitas gives to Amici. The Colts are the world champions. Amici scores. That's amazing. Sensational. Dramatic. Hard-running. Exciting. Thrilling. Finish in the history of college football. California has won the big game. This is Mike Burnham. This is Wes Durham. This is Mike Ashley. Hi, this is Chuck Foreman, number 44 of the Minnesota Vikings. Woo, mercy, this is handsome Jimmy Vine, the boogie woogie man. This is Coach Pride with Virginia Tech football, and you are listening to Big Dog Sports Talk. Are you ready to rock? Are you ready to roll? Okay, let's do it. You're in the doghouse with Rick Watson and Big Dog Sports Talk on the WRAD Talk Network. 101.7, 103.5, and AM 1460. Streaming worldwide at WRADradio.com and the TuneIn app for your phone. Join the conversation now on the Baker Team Hotline, 540-639-4900, or text Rick and the show at 744-2990. And now your host, the big dog, Rick Watson. message you hear from the radio it's from here and you know exactly where it's from pdsd good morning wednesday company hump day one hump or two it's up to you baker team hotline's open for you at 639-4900 text line 744-2990 rick at new river radio message me on hang on what's this messenger Upbeatness to get you going in the morning. Keon Brown at 6:35 today. Bill Roth 8:05. David Teal. That's the Hall of Fame Power Hour. John Zeit's going to be in from Radford University. We're at the halfway point of our Rad 48 campaign, and he'll get us updated on that and let you know if you want to contribute to our student athletes at RU. How you can do that. Uh, Oh, I love it when you have the Vox machine, right? You just talk into a little tube and it makes your voice sound like a robot. I mean, if I had one of those things, that's all I would do all day long. I would just, you know. You know, since nobody really can do James Earl Jones and Darth Vader other than James Earl Jones, I mean, you could just talk into that thing and pretend like you're some kind of a creature all day long. And it'd be cool if you could conceal it. And when you're just sitting there at work, somebody comes into your office and you start talking that way with the electronic voice and act like there's no big deal. And if, when they react, you go, what? What's going on? Why are you laughing? Or why are you, why are you, why are you running out of the office screaming? 
have you heard yourself? What are you talking about? And yet, the whole time you're having this conversation in that voice. <laughs> Makes sense, doesn't it? All right, we got a lot to get into today. First of all, um, Clemson last night looked like... The, see, see, that's the Clemson team that I was telling you about before, you know... They started four and six in ACC play. They go to Carolina, win for only the second time ever. Now two and sixty all time in Chapel Hill. Two and sixty. Eighty to seventy six. And the Tar Heels are um they're struggling a little bit, right? I mean, they beat Duke. Maybe that's all they wanted to do. You lose at Georgia Tech, you lose at home to Clemson. Now you got Miami and Syracuse on the road before you play tech, and all of a sudden they're skidding a little bit. But the Tigers uh, got the win last night. P.J. Hall, 25 points. Gerard, the three-point specialist, hit five of them, scored 21 points. You know, I just watched Armando Baycott play, and I just he's just... I get why he went back to Carolina for a 17th year. Because he's not going to be an NBA factor at all. He doesn't make an indelible impression on the game like he should. He had 24 points, but he was 10 of 11 from the line. Yeah, he had 13 rebounds because, well, he's big. I don't know. I get why Baycott was considered not a prospect last year coming out, which that along with the NIL they paid him. One of the main reasons he decided to go back to uh, Chapel Hill. But uh, I still think Carolina is the best team, but here they are hitting the skids a little bit. Wake Forest won again. They won at Georgia Tech. By the way, the team that beat Carolina, Wake wins by 29, 80-51. And Florida State edged out Boston College 63-62. That was your ACC schedule from last night, highlighted by the Clemson upset over North Carolina. Louisville-Syracuse, eh. Pitt-NC State, eh. Notre Dame at Duke, uh, that's your slate here tonight. But there you go. That's your ACC hoops schedule from last night. And the hills were not very impressive. I don't know. I guess you go into lulls. You don't want February to be your lulls. Hubert Davis kind of another collapse. We'll see. But see that that's why I jumped on Clemson. You know, I had had to issue my Miami escapology with Clemson and backtrack because they have let me down in conference play, but that's the team I saw in non conference last night. Yeah, imagine playing sixty two games against a team at their home place and being two and sixty. Whew. Man, that's a <laughs> that's a big old number right there now. I mean, you were one in sixty before last night. It's crazy. Starting to sound like uh, that on the Virginia Virginia Tech football rivalry, isn't it? 
Yeah, you see, because tech keeps dominating, right? It is. It just keeps on happening. It sounds very similar. Oh, oh, my. Oh, no. Oh, no. That was out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, so this happened. I want to get your take on this because you are the smartest listening artist in radio. Fox, ESPN, Warner Brothers have announced plans to launch a sports streaming platform this fall that's going to include offerings from at least 15 networks in all four major professional sports leagues. It'll be a one-stop app to view most sports, and we'll see how fans react to this. Of course, all the uh, spokespeople for each of those groups are acting as if this is a great thing for the consumer. The three companies will share one-third ownership in the joint venture. They haven't named it yet, or they haven't announced pricing, but it's expected to fall somewhere between over $20 and under $50. (laughs) That's the best they could give us. Platform's going to include games from the NFL, NBA, baseball, NHL, WNBA, And NASCAR, college sports, including the men's and women's NCAA tournament, as well as golf, tennis, and FIFA. The networks will be all the ESPNs, SEC Network, ACC Network, ABC, Fox, FS1 and 2, the Big Ten Network, TNT, TBS, and True TV. That's for the NCAA tournament. And, of course, subscribers can also bundle the product with Disney, Hulu, and Max. And... In other words, you're basically creating another cable system, right? I mean, Bob Iger, who has no clue whatsoever, the CEO at Disney, says uh, this is a major win for sports fans. I'm not sure how, when you can get all this stuff already, just whatever you're paying for now on your cable and or satellite system this means the full suite of espn channels will be available to consumers alongside the sports programming of other industry industry leaders in other words basic cable (laughs) so all this is going to do is create and you know what's going to happen that means they're going to start taking games off of their cable that works, right? You're going to lose television sports because they're going to want you to subscribe to this. That's where this is going. I don't understand why other than we'll see if it makes money. We've talked about how, and i got to give credit where it's due, Dave Hunsiker, Oklahoma State, brought this up a couple years ago when we had him on about how streaming was supposed to be the next mega, mega impact in terms of revenue for college football only, right? And nobody had taken any kind of dive into it. Fox, this is the first time Fox has, you know, done anything at all in terms of streaming their sports. So this is the first time that we've seen it happen. So let me ask you, do you really look at this as being a great thing for sports fans? Because I sure don't. Right? I mean, they can pronounce it any way they want to because they're going to want people to subscribe, right? You don't create something like this unless you're trying to make money. So if you're already paying for whatever system it is, you know, if you're a 
DirecTV, Dish, local cable, I don't know. Cox, is Cox still a thing? Comcast, whatever it is. YouTube TV. You're already paying for that. So now they're creating this. So, yeah, this is a great thing for sports fans. You may have to pay for even more sports programming. I'm not seeing this as a great thing for all of us as sports fans. Let's go to the Baker team hotline. Hey, good morning. Who's this? This is Gary. How you doing? Hey, Gary. How are you? I'm good. Hey, um, I don't know about you, but I think most people that are sports fans, they're probably bigger sports fans when they're younger and maybe get less interested in sports as they age. Um, so, you know, I used to, I used to would love to watch the NBA, college basketball, pro football, college, and just as the years go by, I don't know if it's what it is, but to me, I'm losing interest in pretty much every sport. And I was just wondering if you're if you're the same or are you still as big a fan today as you were no, thirty years ago. It changes. I, I think what happens is, and my dad used to talk about this. You get older, and you become of a different generation completely separate from those folks that are entertaining you, right? Especially at the collegiate level. And as now it's happening, you see guys retire and older coaches retire. You lose a lot of that connection with your age. So I think there definitely is something to that. No, I'm with you, Gary. I find myself, yeah, I, it used to be always must watch, right? There's a game on, got to watch it. Hey, it's, it's back. And now I'll be like... You, you might turn it on for 10 minutes, and if it's not in remotely something I'm interested in, if it's not entertaining, I'm flipping the channel. And I never used to do that. I get it. I get it. Yeah. So, unfortunately, it is true. We become more and more like our parents as we age, right? Yeah. I, all those years, we kind of scoffed at them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we go, oh, well, maybe they were right. They Maybe they were exactly right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with I, you. I don't know. I, I just find the NBA unwatchable anymore. There's no defense played. And yet they talk about it's the, it's the best it's ever been. And as far as athleticism, yeah, that's true. But I I just can't. Like uh, Popovich of the Spurs used to be a great coach or at least he had a great team around him. But you watch him now and he stresses no defense. He's not even trying to win. It's, it's just unwatchable, I think. Yeah, it's bad basketball. NBA's bad basketball. There's no question about it. It's not any way you'd want to teach a young person how to play basketball. Isolations, one-on-one. It's just no defense whatsoever. Look at some of the scores this year. I mean, teams are regularly scheduling, uh, scoring in the 130s. It's just, you're right. It's, it's, not, it's not a good product, although the, the thing about all this, this bundle, Gary, they said to uh, the NBA is the trigger because it's the second-best franchise ratings-wise on TV behind the NFL. So that's, you know, that statement came out yesterday with this joint statement. So if they're basing this on NBA, NBA viewership, good luck with that. Yeah. Uh, what do you make of UVA? Uh, you were talking about Clemson. Uh, you were kind of high on Clemson. UVA tried to give that game away the other day at Clemson. Uh, they kind of turned it around, but, you know, I think it all is just like every year. Wait until the tournament and see what they do if they even make the tournament. Yeah, I think well, I think UVA is going to be safely in. I, I tell you that uh, performance they turned in against Miami was very impressive. I mean, you you hold any college basketball team to thirty eight points, especially one that's scoring eighty one per game. I mean, that's 
That that's the kind of team that we're used to seeing out of Tony Bennett. They have to defend that way because you can't count on their offense. They haven't been able to count on it all year. But uh, I think UVA. We're going to talk about it with David Till later. I think uh, they're starting to round into that shape. They really are heading into uh, the end of February here, coming up in a couple weeks. I, I, I still think he's a great coach. I just wish he could get a little bit better offensive talent. Yeah, yeah I'm with but, you. Not, yeah, yeah, I, I know. It seems you think, like. Uh, do you yeah. think real offensive guys just don't want to play in that system? Yeah, yeah, I do. I think you have to have a special recruit because guys, it's not usually, I would say 95% of players, their first mindset isn't, oh boy, I can't wait to go play for that defensive-minded coach. I can't wait to go see him <laughs> and show him what yeah. I can do on that end of the floor. Watch me guard. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Okay, thanks, Rick. Thanks, Gary. Now, that's a good point, Gary Mix. Text messages flying in about this uh, streaming service. I refuse to pay streaming to watch any sports. I pay uh, satellite bill. That's enough. I can't afford cable and streaming. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm kind of with you. I don't see this as a win in any way, shape, or form for us as sports consumers. I really don't. I mean, they're going to say that. And at first, they'll probably see how many people bite the bullet and subscribe. And when they get the initial numbers, which I don't think are going to be very good, then they're going to threaten to take away your traditional programming methods, trying to force everybody in. But Gary makes a good point. This is directed at the younger sports fan. Do these people not have research teams understanding how apathetic Generation Z really is? a caveman. I fell in some ice and later got thawed out by some of your scientists. Your world frightens and confuses me. Yeah, from the text messages I'm getting at 744-2990, I think you're all kind of, wouldn't say frightened, but confused too about this uh, whole new streaming thing. You know, and, and to add on to Gary's point, let's be honest too. It changes from a collegiate sports viewing perspective the fact that these young people are now making more money than many of us will make in 10 years. And when you have a million-dollar college football quarterback leading your favorite team, you don't look at it the same way. You don't have the same rooting interest that you did. These aren't just underdog college kids anymore, right? I mean, you're even seeing non-revenue sports paying out NIL money to keep players here. Look at Virginia Tech women's basketball, right? So that also adds to it. Not only do you get older, you age, and you get older and more separate from the current generation that's playing, the way the games have evolved, the way the games are called, the things that are accepted now. I got into it with Marva on Monday, right? Because she was saying it was just fine for players to taunt and to do something and make the other team know about it. It used to be unsportsmanlike. It used to be pretend like you've been there before. Barry Sanders, arguably the greatest running back of all time, one of the top three anyway. You can throw his highlight tape on and see that every time he made a magnificent run and broke guys' ankles and made NFL defenders look like they were in 
Sandlot League, he would just run to the official and hand the ball to him. And that hasn't been so long ago that we're talking about, you know, seeing black and white footage and guys in leather helmets. But that whole mindset that Marver was being a proponent of turns off a lot of people like yours truly. You shouldn't have to make a shot and then make all these gestures to the crowd and look over at the bench and do all this stuff. None of that seems necessary. Right? So along with that, yeah, it it just goes to show you, well, I must be too old for this now or I'm getting too old for this because I don't accept all these things anymore. Anyway, we'll talk to Keon Brown about that. I'd like to get his take. Basketball coming up. What's going on with the Highlanders and the Hokies? Keon joins us next. There's widespread panic about the current state of collegiate sports. You're welcome. You're welcome, America. Text line's open for you, 744-2990. Going to sound the program. Teaching America's youth from the nation's capital. Our basketball correspondent, Keon Brown. Good morning, KB. How are you? Great question. What's going on, bro? How you doing, man? I'm hanging in there. I'm hanging in there. So, would you pay $50 for this new new streaming-only sports uh, app that's coming out with the three major networks? ESPN, well, carriers, I should say. ESPN, Fox, and Warner Brothers. The only way I'm going to pay $50 is if I have no choice and that's my only option to watch college basketball. That's the only way. $50? Are you kidding me? Well, they're saying between – it's going to be at least twenty nine ninety five. They don't have a price yet, okay. but they say it'll be less than things like YouTube TV, which is around 70 So I'm guessing they're going to mm-hmm. fall. That's just my guess. I'm going to guess they're going to come out with like a, a forty nine ninety five, yep. right? Something like that. Yeah, you're probably right. That's what they're going to go with. And that's where the world is going right now. Streaming cable is, you know, going to be a thing of the past soon. And this is what we're going to see. But it's getting ridiculous, man. It really is. I just don't see the benefit for advertisers. I just, I mean, you're going to force everybody to either go out and get a new TV that can automatically hook up to all this stuff or make people watch on their little screens. I I would think from an advertiser's perspective, you would say, wait a minute. Uh, you know, for instance, if they ever decide to just stream the Super Bowl, which I guarantee you, pay-per-view yep. streaming and all that's coming for the Super Bowl. I mean, advertisers, I would think, would look at that and go, well, am I really getting the bang for my buck? I'm already paying millions of dollars for this 30-second spot, you know? Yeah. I got a friend who does some of this little content. He's a content creator. He's a big one, too. Like, he's big time. So I'm going to ask him how the ad and all that stuff works for him. So I'm sure it's got to be some similarities of... He's big time, and he's getting all these AdSense and all that. I, 
I'm sure, you know, they'll flock to the, uh, the company that's coming up, the Fox ESPN collaboration, whatever it is. So I need to find out how that actually works. But I do know there's some money involved in that, and you can make good money off of it. All right. Well, good. Yeah. If you find out, that'd be good to share here on the program. That'd be cool. Yeah. That'd be cool if you talk to an insider like that. Um, all right. Let's just say it the way it is. Um, Radford and Longwood, easily the two biggest disappointments in the Big South right now. What do you think? There's no doubt about it. it, it it's a huge disappointment, especially for Radford, who, if you look at that, that roster and you look at the talent and you combine that with the coaching that we have in the program, I don't understand what's going on. The only thing that I can think is that there's something internally going on amongst the players. I, that's just my guess because there's no way that you should have as much talent as you do that the Radford Highlanders have. The Kenyon Giles, the Daquan Smith, the Brian Antoines, the Justin Archers of the world. And you are playing pretty much your worst basketball of the season. As we said a week ago, this is the time when you want to be your best. Mm-hmm. Rafford is the total opposite. And it doesn't get any easier. You're at Presbyterian. Folks, let me tell you something. Presbyterian is the hardest place to play in the Big South. Yep. I promise you that. It is the hardest place. They might consistently finish at the bottom. But once you go to Presbyterian, it's just tough to win there, man. I don't care who it is. I remember when I was in the Big South, Coach Carolina won back-to-back Big South championships. One year they lost at Presbyterian. The next season, and they were the best team in the league, they lost it. They won at the buzzer. We won by one point consistently, and we lost a few times there, even though they were the last team in the league. It's going to be a tough road game tonight. Then you got Winthrop and the talent that they have. You're at High Point, who is head and shoulders above the next best team in the league. I mean, the job that Coach Huss has done there in the snap of a finger turning that program around, unbelievable. High Point is the real deal. And then you got Gardner Webb. My goodness, you talk about Longwood and Rafa being the biggest disappointment. Gardner Webb is probably the biggest surprise. Nobody wants to see the running Bulldogs because they do just that. They run. They get out. And they make it so hard on your defense to set up because as soon as you score, they're back down the court in two seconds. Rapper has to take this thing game by game now and consider every game a must win because as it stands right now, you're playing on the first day of the Big South tournament. And nobody wants to do that. Nobody wants to play Wednesday, get a day off, and then play Friday. You want to automatically be playing on Friday. And that's not Rapper, that's not Longwood. Longwood, on the other hand, is struggling because they have a lack of an identity. That's all it is to me. Some games they execute, some games they don't. Some games they're on their assignments defensively, sometimes they're not. They have enough talent to win as well. Wheeler Mapp is good as anyone as a floor general. Shimon's a positive seven-footer. The transfer from Utah State is just as good as any big man in the league. Michael Christmas is one of the most improved players in the Big South. Those guys just have to put it together, and hopefully for them they can get it going tonight versus USCF State at home. But Rafford, you got to find a way to win against Presbyterian because you have the gauntlet coming up for your next three games. Versus Winthrop at high point, which it seems impossible to beat those guys there right now in that Gardner Webb. Ken Brown joining us on the program, our basketball correspondent. Yeah, this uh, turned out to be a really fortuitous uh, week off, right? This is the bye week for Radford, so – They've had extra yes. time to get together. I know he's been giving them a little bit of extra legs. And I think you're exactly right. You have to just look at it. 
This game Saturday, I mean, down in Clinton, I mean, if you somehow don't win that one, that means you've lost to the three teams that were below you in the standings, and that means you're going to be below all of them in a row if you don't win. And then I think you're right. I mean, if you're playing on the first day, I mean, you can look up in the uh, – the history books of the Big South, very few teams that play that extra game are there playing on Championship Sunday. It's just so hard to do, man. It really is. I remember my junior, sophomore, junior year, we played against, I think it was Gardner-Webb, and, man, we barely survived. I think the line for that game back then was like 12. We won a three. It's just hard, man, because people and teams know how important that time is. It's one and done, and you're out. And March is the best time of the year because the unpredictable always happens. So you never know who's going to win. You never know who's going to get upset, but you know it's going to happen. And then you look at the rest of that. We talk about the gauntlet. You're at your versus Winthrop at High Point at Gardner Webb. Then you play against Longwell, Longwood, a Commonwealth rival, who we know that'll be a tough game just because of the Commonwealth game. And Longwood is going to want to redeem themselves for what happened early in the conference schedule. Then you add Charleston Southern a team that you just lost to, but you go on the road, and then you end. Your gift to end the regular season is a trip or is a matchup versus Drew Pember and UNC Asheville. So you take this thing one game at a time, seven games left. You still got a lot of time left, but you have to start right now. And you have to take every game seriously as it's your last or it's going to be it's going to be a, long, a longer season. But you still have time to turn it around and the thing that I'm um, – I keep my head up is we have Coach Darius Nichols as a coach, and we have talent on the roster. That's the only thing that's keeping me high right now. I don't like what I'm seeing, unfortunately, and I know a lot of the alumni don't either. Just the product on the floor, guys have to step up. But I do like that we have Coach Nichols, and I like the talent that is still on the roster. So that's still a chance. I want to ask you now, uh, you were a hardworking post player. I can still just visualize you trying to get open and asking for the ball. Has the three-point shot across the board in basketball, has it, I won't say ruined it, but has it completely changed it to a very huge negative in terms of what basketball is supposed to be running things through the post? Because I think the three-point shot has been one of the biggest detriments to the game. So there's a guy that has family in, you know, the New River Valley, the Virginia Tech rapper area that has completely changed basketball, and his name is Steph Curry. He's changed it. Now, it's not his fault per se because he is the best shooter of all time, so he can get away with it. The thing is, people try to emulate him. So the way that he shoots has changed the game in the NBA and has slowly trickled down to college basketball. College basketball, the way teams are playing – is, you know, it's changing to what you see in the NBA. Every time I listen to across the bench, when I listen to you in the pregame, the opposite coach, I would say, seven times out of ten, always says the same thing. We want to get out and run. We want to get out and shoot threes. They always say that. So it is changed college basketball. Now what you'll see, instead of guys running to the rim to get layups, guys will run to the perimeter to get open three-point shots. And they'll pass it to them. They'll take a two or they'll pass up on a two to take a three. You mm-hmm. see that consistently. and It's just the game right now. And now, as a player, you have to have a higher skill set because the thing with college basketball is you still could be a back-to-the-basket big, but as you want to develop your game and if you have aspirations of being a pro, that is a thing of the past right now. It's like back-to-the-basket big men are dinosaurs. So 
if you're going to want to achieve your ultimate goal and that's to be an NBA player, you have to have all types of skill sets. You have to be pretty much what Drew Pember is, a guy that can stretch the defense, a guy that can drive the basket and get it done in the inside and out. If not, you'll just be a pretty good college basketball player and you'll be like a guy, like you said, that you understand why he came back to college basketball, Mondo Bicot, because his game is limited to college basketball, even though he's one of the more dominant players in UNC basketball history. His ceiling is not very high as the NBA prospect. And before we let you go, i got to talk to you about uh, Tech. Um, is Sean Padula too selfish of a player? As much as they need him with the turnover issues that he has, I mean, he's taken – so many more shots than anybody else. I know he had to carry the offense while Hunter Couture uh, was down, but Hunter is the best pure shooter on that team. It's just that there's more volume for Padula. His turnovers are killing that basketball team right now. Yeah, he's averaging basically four turnovers a game, and that's, that's not good at all. He's an excellent three-point shooter. I think he's right under he's right around 37% if I remember and his field goal percentage as a whole isn't great. So I think once you take quality three-point shots that's what you want him to do, but he's a confident player. I've always been impressed with, you know, him as a player. Maybe he can have better shot selection, maybe he can make better decisions, but he and the combination of Hunter Couture are going to take Virginia Tech as far as they need to be. Right now Virginia Tech is in the dead center in the ACC. They're right in the middle. So you have enough time to get things going. You got a winnable game, very winnable, at Notre Dame. Uh, you got a tough matchup, but you're at home versus Florida State. You got to go to Chapel Hill versus, versus North Carolina, which in my opinion will be a loss. Then you got the Commonwealth matchup against UVA. I think those guys are split at Pitt, at Syracuse. Very winnable schedule for the rest of the game. But as you said, Sean Padu is going to have to make better decisions He's also going to have to take better quality shots. Try to put him in some sets where he can be, get some open three-point shots. Try to get him in some sets where he matches up with Hunter Couture and they play off of each other. That's what I would like to see from those guys. They still have a chance. It's slim right now, but wins change everything as we see with UVA. Finally, let me ask you, uh, any reason to panic if you're a Carolina fan or is this two out of three streak of losses just something that, hey, you know, you're in a conference, sometimes you're going to have a little bump in the road? Absolutely not. I think they're still the class of the ACC. Uh, you know, they finally lost a home game. They finally lost a road game. A week ago, we didn't say that. A week ago, they never lost on the road. They never lost at home. Now, a week later, what a difference a week makes. But I think that they're still where they need to be. RJ Davis is playing as good as anybody in the country, especially at the two-guard position. Armando Bacot's numbers are down. But he's sacrificing that for winning, the way that they've changed how they play, especially with the addition of Cormac Ryan and, you know, guys like that who have come over from the transfer portal and, you know, Harrison Ingram over from Stanford. He has allowed those guys to come in and fit in. Now, nobody thought they would be this good in the ACC, I don't believe. I think that, you know, you and I were two of the guys who sniffed it out, especially when we saw them in the first game of the season. Yeah. If there's any team, it's Carolina. You can just see that coming, but... They're the team to beat in the ACC, and they will remain to be the team to beat in the ACC. And I see those guys going on another streak here soon, even though they lost two of the last three. I think they were high on that Duke win. And then Clemson was your dark horse team coming Mm -hmm. in early. P.J. Hall just had an excellent game. And the thing about it was that didn't make me so concerned was that they got back into the ball game. But credit to Clemson for not allowing North Carolina to impose their will and keep – 
the attack on and they handled the storm they weathered the storm and were able to pull off that win. So excellent job by Clemson. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, brother. Well, listen, great stuff as always, and uh, have fun this week on your games, and uh, we'll talk to you again next week. My best to you and your fam. All right, brother. I'll reach out to you soon, man. All right, man. Sounds good. There you go. That's Keon Brown, our basketball correspondent. Great takes as always from him. We're going to step out take a break. Come back. Wrap up hour one of three. Remind you what's ahead here on the show. Stay with us. Don't go away. this one because it's so funny but at the same time it's very touching and it's very moving no selma i love you too i just going back to bed i'll be home later oh wait i'm sorry we're back on mics are on oh okay fantasy daydream over Good stuff from uh, Keon Brown. You know, I haven't gotten one text message where anybody is saying, yeah, I can't wait for this new bundle to drop. People asking about the pricing. I'm only speculating because they did not announce the pricing, nor did they give this a name, this new streaming bundle that's going to be created amongst the three entities. But not one person has said, yeah, this is going to be great. And I agree. I don't. I don't see where this is going to be a fist-pumping development for us as sports fans. I really don't. I mean, I can turn on my TV now and watch all these things as it is, and I'm already paying for it. Why would I want to pay more money unless, of course, they take it away? Like Keon just said, until I'm forced to, which means until I can't find the games, right? It's very, very interesting, to say the least. Man, oh man, oh man. And I just don't see, I mean, this is targeted toward younger, more professional people. That's what this is, right? My generation, which is probably lots of you, (laughs) you don't look at this the same way. Right? Just don't look at it the same way. So I'm not going to go through this and think this is some great thing, you know, especially if Bob Iger, who's basically ruined Disney to make it in any offering they put out movie-wise is unwatchable because of the message, to quote the critical drinker. When he's saying what a great thing this is for sports fans, that immediately tells me this is not going to be a great thing for sports fans in any way, shape, or form. (laughs) It's just not. All right. We're going to have Bill Roth, David Teal in Hour 3. I'm sure Bill's going to talk about this, this announcement that was made. Um, John Zeit's going to be in at 735. We're going to talk more about Rad 48, the Radford Athletic fun drive that started yesterday at noon will run through Thursday at noon. So uh, we'll get his take on where we are at basically the halfway point and uh, the goals ahead and uh, why it's such an important thing, especially at my school, Radford. I mean, 
this is one of the opportunities that we have to actually take advantage of people's generosity and, and contribute in whatever way possible since there isn't the kind of revenue sharing and or NIL collective that has built up like it has for our friends over in Blacksburg. All right, hour two coming up. Good conversation, though. Lots of good text messages flying in about this uh, new bundle proposal that's coming out. Because after all, it's just going to be great for the sports fan. More coming up. More of your text messages here on Tuesday. Or check that. It's a Wednesday. A two-hump Wednesday.